Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. So good morning. Uh, welcome to our second weekly um, online Zoom uh, service here at Park Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, my name is Henra. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Park Ave. I go by the pronouns he and him. And we welcome you into this space this morning. Um, for a couple of administrative items, if you're looking for the bulletin, it is online um, at parkavbaptist.com. Um, and you can follow along as well. Also, we encourage you during this time to use your chat box, uh, to shout, to pray, to say amen. We won't hear you, but we will see your text message, your texts. Um, but we ask that you be um, a participant in this time um, to be both on Zoom and on Facebook commenting, um, amening, interacting with each other um, throughout the service as well. Um, and we just welcome you into this space. Uh, we are uh, starting or continuing our journey this morning, um, our Lenten 40-day journey of Lent, and we're focusing on the life of a journey, which is to say that we're taking time to look in, to do work on ourselves um, in that way as it leads us. Um, I know that this time, as we all know, is a little different, and we have a lot of time to do a lot of work of looking in. Uh, so outside of this journey, once we get to the end of this, hopefully we'll be in a better space, a better mind, and have a better spirit about what is to come and what is happening in the world. Um, but we are welcoming you here in this space at Park Avenue. Um, as you see, uh, Kevin will be leading us in worship this morning. Everybody give him a hey. Yeah, Join me in our call to worship, adapted from a prayer by Walter Brueggemann. In the Lenten season, give us freedom to take full stock of the power of misplaced priorities. Grant us the freedom to reconfigure our lives with openness and your ministering angels. Join me in response. Be still and know that I am God. O righteous God, enter our lives with power for newness. Deliver us from a naive sense of mastery and give us honest contact with vulnerability and comfort us 
with mystery, respond by saying, be still and know that I am. Oh, creative spirit, enter the deep places of our life and claim us for your purposes, that we would be more free than we are, more bold than we dare, and consent to obedience to you. Join me in responding, be still and know. Oh, loving Redeemer, we wait for your gift, a fierce loyalty that will wrench us away from death and wrap us in the ministering angels as you once were. Respond by saying, be still. Let us continue worshiping God together. Uh, we have come to a time in our service where we call our centering down um, time where we uh, take a moment to sit still, um, to recognize where we are, to, uh, to be at peace, um, to look inward, um, and to usher us into that moment this morning. We're going to be watching a video um, by Justin Anderson um, asks, what are you grieving? Um, grief in the time of upheld. I'm grieving a lot of things, but I'm also finding the value in the grieving process and seeing how this is a time for me to really, to use a Park Ave word, center down and find the connection of my higher self, my soul, my spirit to God. A lot of things in life are limited and restricted and feel scarce right now. And um, trying to find the balance of um, that I don't need to dwell in that anxiety and that frustration. Um, and I can find ways to like acknowledge that I have enough and I can find ways to be grateful for that. In this moment and in this time of uncertainty, it is my aim and hope that the lessons that are a part of what we're missing um, will provide room and space for something new. Amen. Let us continue in this time with the poem. Um, and after the poem, we'll go through a moment of silence. And then Pastor Darcy will come and pray us out. Poem is called, Do Not Hurry As We Walk With Grief. Do not hurry as you walk with grief. It does not help the journey. Walk slowly, pausing often. Do not hurry as you walk with grief. Be not disturbed by memories that come unbidden. Swiftly forgive and let Christ speak for you unspoken words. Unfinished conversations will be resolved in him. Be not disturbed. Be gentle with the one who walks with grief. If it is you, be gentle with yourself. Swiftly forgive. Walk slowly, pausing often. Take time. Be gentle as you walk with grief. 
Join me in prayer. God, in this time where you are reorienting our whole lives, let our priorities fall firmly on what is important, fall firmly on you and on our communities and our families and this time that we get to spend together. Let us cherish it, God. The song says, you take us in and you lead us out. God, help us all to remember that you are here in this journey with us, whether we be solitary in our space, but hopefully not in our hearts, or whether we find ourselves so surrounded in God. Let us see you in this time. Let us connect with you in this time. I pray that we cherish our communities more and more and deeper and growing into what it means to be in your service in this time, God, where we are grieving so much. Walk with us. Walk slowly with us, God. Be here in this moment. Amen. 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 As Pastor Henry said, I'm Pastor Darcy. I know most of you. I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. I use they, them pronouns. And we want to just take another moment to say welcome. Welcome to this new way of experiencing Park Avenue Baptist Church online. I feel like the Spirit is here with us in each of our places, wherever we are. We... Um, and once again, welcome you all. I'm so happy and delighted to see each and every one of you um, joining us this morning. Uh, we got a couple of announcements um, that are on call this morning. Uh, we have several groups online, um, including one that we're starting today. We're calling it Second Cup. Um, it's going to be a space that's um, held directly after this service uh, for us just to communicate and chat and check in again. Um, it'll be a time, as it is throughout, uh, to put your prayer concerns, anyone that you're thinking about, anything that you're praying about, um, any concerns that you may have for us to talk and to pray and put that out into the atmosphere and just um, just support. Um, and like I said, an extra time to communicate and be with each other. Um, we're also offering uh, several other points of interaction during the week. Um, on Wednesday, we're having um, what we call Wednesday Meditation. Um, if you looked at it this past Wednesday, Darcy posted online her meditation, a beautiful poem um, that she read. And also on Friday, Reimagining Prayer. And if you saw that this week as well, it was me and my sidekick, Callie Blue. And we did a little uh, artistic prayer, artistic um, drawing of praying hands that we did. So you'll get that each week. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's still up. You can go back and take a look at it and check it out. Um, also, I would like to give a warm welcome to our uh, pastor who will be uh, giving us the word this morning, um, Chaplain Raymond Walker III. Let's everybody give him a warm. Uh, <laughs> just a little about uh, Raymond. He is a native of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he's been active in the Christian community for over 10 years. Uh, he earned his Master of Divinity from Columbia Theological Seminary in 2018 and was commissioned as a chaplain with the Episcopal Church in 2019. Uh, Raymond currently works as the Compassion Centered Spiritual Health Fellow at the Worship Cancer 
Winship Cancer Institute within Emory University Hospital in Midtown. Um, he resides here um, in Tucker uh, with his wife and his teenage daughter um, and his pet cat. So we welcome him um, to this time to our Park Avenue family. And we are delighted, delighted to have uh, Raymond this morning to give us a word from God. And all the people say, amen. My Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears pay close attention to my request for mercy. If you kept track of sins, Lord, my Lord, who would stand a chance? But forgiveness is with you. That's why you are honored. I hope, Lord, my whole being hopes, and I wait for God's promise. My whole being waits for my Lord. More than the night watch waits for morning. Yes, more than the night watch waits for morning. Israel, wait for the Lord because faithful love is with the Lord, because great redemption is with our God. God is the one who will redeem Israel from all its sin. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thanks be to God. Hear are the words from the prophet Ezekiel. The Lord's power overcame me, and while I was in the Lord's spirit, he let me out and set me down in the middle of a certain valley. It was full of bones. He led me through them all around, and I saw there were a great many of them on the valley floor, and they were very dry. He asked me, human one, can these bones live again? I said, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the Lord's word. Lord God proclaims to these bones, I am about to put breath in you and you will live again. I will put sinews on you, place flesh on you and cover you with skin. When I put breath in you and you come to life, you will know that I am the Lord. I prophesied just as I was commanded. There was a great noise as I was prophesying, then a great quaking, and the bones came together bone by bone. When I looked, suddenly there were sinews on them. The flesh appeared, and then they were covered over with skin, but there was still no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath prophesy human one say to the breath the lord god proclaims come from the four winds breath breathe into these dead bodies and let them live i prophesied just as he commanded me when the breath entered them they came to life and stood on their feet an extraordinarily large company. He said to me, human one, these bones are the entire house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely finished. So now prophesy and say to them, the Lord God proclaims, I am opening your graves. I will raise you up from your graves. 
my people, and I will bring you to Israel's fertile land. You will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you up from your graves, my people. I will put my breath in you and you will live. I will plant you on fertile land and you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. This is what the Lord says. The word of God for the people of God. Let us hear the word of God. A certain man, Lazarus, was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This was the Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent word to Jesus saying, Lord, the one whom you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, this illness isn't fatal. It's for the glory of God so that God's son can be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. When he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was. After two days, he said to his disciples, let's return to Judea again. The disciples replied, Rabbi, the Jewish opposition wants to stone you. Don't you want to go back? Jesus answered, aren't there 12 hours in the day? Whoever walks in the day doesn't stumble because they see the light of the world. But whoever walks in the night does stumble because the light isn't in them. He continued, our friend Lazarus is sleeping, but I am going in order to wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will get well. They thought Jesus meant that Lazarus was in a deep sleep, but Jesus had spoken about Lazarus' death. Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. For your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you can believe. Let's go to him. Then Thomas, the one called Didymus, said to the other disciples, let's go too so that we may die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was a little less than two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to comfort Martha and Mary after their brother's death. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him while Mary remained in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha replied, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She replied, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, God's son, the one who is coming into the world. After she said this, she went and spoke privately to her sister Mary. The teacher is here and he's calling for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to Jesus. He hadn't entered the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were comforting Mary in the house saw her get up quickly and leave, they followed her. They assumed she was going to mourn at the tomb. When Mary arrived where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying also, he was deeply disturbed and troubled. He asked, where have you laid him? They replied, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to cry. The Jews said, see how much he loved him. But some of them said, he healed the eyes of the man born blind. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? 
Jesus was deeply disturbed again when he came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone covered the entrance. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said, Lord, the smell will be awful. He's been dead for four days. Jesus replied, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you will see God's glory? So they removed the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. I know you always hear me. I say this for the benefit of the crowd standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. Having said this, Jesus shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his feet bound and his hands tied and his face covered with a cloth. Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came with Mary and saw what Jesus did, believed in him. This is the word of the Lord. Almighty God, you alone can bring our unruly wills into order. Grant your people grace to love what you command and desire what you promise. That among the swift and varied changes of the world, our hearts may surely be there fixed, where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Bless God for this gathering of God's people in all its newness. This platform, this experience really is an adventure. So you know this is my first time delivering a message to my laptop camera. So there is a slight learning curve here. I can't continue without first thanking Reverend Darcy for your invitation to come and share with Park Avenue Baptist Church. I've been in your service before, but as a first time preacher here, I appreciate the opportunity to share what I am hearing through God, Jesus, and Spirit this fifth Sunday of Lent. It is the fifth Sunday of Lent. Four long weeks have gone by, and let me admit to you, while in the past, I may have wondered what those 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness were like for Jesus, I had not asked God to show me in such intimate detail. From finding a loaf of bread in the store to which government official has authority over where, all the way to folks figuring out if they really need to physically distance from one another or not, testing the odds. Our Lenten journey this year has been fraught with so much change. Pardon me, I have a cat that wants my attention. Okay. And as if change isn't difficult enough to manage personally for ourselves, this has been community, city, county, statewide, national, worldwide change and challenge. And it's happening for all of us. You know, that actual collective uh, universal us. You know, the us we wax poetical about, but don't ever really mean when we say us. This time, these challenges, our reality is a reality for all people, for all mm -hmm of creation. 
And while many of us live realities that other people couldn't possibly understand, there is, in fact, parts of this that we all can understand. Many, if not all of us, are afraid. Many, if not all of us, are already tired either tired of working long hours and trying so hard to stay sanitized in the process, or tired of just being quarantined, homeschooling, sheltered in place with the same people and pets, or tired of being utterly alone, devoid of physical touch, no pats on the back, no hugs, a hard, low, wilderness place, dry place. I believe just the other day, I saw a look on the face of a man who had found himself in one of these low, dry, wilderness places. As you heard, I'm a healthcare chaplain working at a local hospital within an outpatient oncology cancer clinic. And I was called, along with emergency medical services, to the infusion center. That's where patients come to receive their chemo or immunotherapy treatments. And as I came around the corner, the patient was sitting in the treatment chair, kind of doubled over. And her husband was sitting in a chair beside her. And as I walked up, she raised her head. And when she saw me, immediately asked reached out to me asking me to pray. And even as the nurses were rushing around, figuring out medicines, retaking vitals, I came to her and I prayed with her. And her husband just sat quietly. He didn't say anything. And the EMS folks, they came, they put her on a stretcher, they took her down to the emergency room. Now we our hospital is not accepting visitors in the emergency room. It's a precautionary measure, you see. And her husband, well, she was receiving care that she needed. And he, he got himself up, he quietly gathered her things, he put them in a bag, and then he turns around and he looks at me and with a little bit of hesitation, he asks, so what, what, where do I go now? This question rolling toward us like tumbleweed. There it was. I saw it on his face, blow across his face, his own personal dry place. A look filled with fear and worry, sadness, confusion. And I imagine at first, at least a little, that the prophet Ezekiel felt similarly, a bit confused and worried where our scripture starts today. You heard it in his vision when the spirit brought him out and set him down in that valley full of dry bones. As the prophet was led around them, he noticed two things. One, that there were many, very many, it says, lying in the valley, low place. Two, that they were very dry. Now, our human bodies are 75% water, and here 
we have a valley filled with dry bones. How long do you think this company of the dead had been lying there? I wasn't sure, so I asked the Google. In the right conditions, these bodies, these people could have been lying dead something like 50 upwards to 1,000 years. An entire valley dead, dry. And the story is famous. It's one that many of us know. Prophesy to these bones, says the Lord, right? And they begin to rattle. We've heard it, we know it, and if we don't know it, just reread the scripture. It's a vision of prophecy. And the Lord God's self is with the prophet and the bones come together and they are joined with sinew and muscle covered in flesh. Prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal, says the Lord God. And as he prophesies, the breath of life comes into those slain and they live. But the scripture doesn't stop right there. It goes on to explain that the bones, these bones that the Lord God brought out of death into life is a whole nation, the whole house of Israel, all of God's people. The folks who thought their hope was lost, the tired folks, folks who thought surely they had been finished, cut off completely. But here, Ezekiel sees and stands in something different, something quite breathtaking. This amazing display, this grand vision comes with a promise, actually multiple promises directly from God. I will open up your graves and bring you up from your graves, oh my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Yes, Lord, you have indeed spoken and I believe that you will act. I bless you, Lord, I love you, Lord, and I know that you can and will do mighty things. But the waiting, the in-between time, that is the hard part. That is the struggle. It's the struggle of knowledge of faith and knowledge of experience that I hear. And I hear it, this scripture, out of both Martha and Mary in our gospel text this morning. It sounds something like, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And I imagine that many of us through the course of our lives have already had one or more moments like this, a Lord, if you had been here moment. If you haven't, I apologize, likely one or more is coming. These are difficult, heavy, 
gut-wrenching moments. And God knows it. It was even here, right here in this text that Jesus wept. Yet, the hope is that God is still speaking and still acting. This story, we know fairly well too. Jesus has them go down to the tomb, tells them, take away the stone, open Lazarus's grave. Praise to God, then calls Lazarus out. Jesus resurrects Lazarus in body and in spirit, calls for them to unbind him, set him free, free from the grave, bringing him out of death into life. And isn't that where Jesus brings all of us? I don't, I don't believe in coincidences there. There's no mistake in the fact that we are here in this, the fifth Sunday of Lent, just after a week of reflecting on our unprecedented faith. Thank you for that message last week, Reverend Nikki. And here we are bearing witness in the text to the Lord God in Ezekiel promising, promising Israel life from a long dry death. And then the Lord Jesus Christ calling forth life from death, already received, already grieved, and even buried. And here we are in the midst of an actual pandemic and death, real, real death is happening. And yes, it is inevitable for all of us, but right now we are met with it daily, up close, face to face, watching the numbers increase from morning to night, some of us by the hour. We're losing loved ones, young, old, civil rights leaders, university coaches, friends, enemies, everyone in between. And we, the little C church, displaced from the big C church, the buildings, we are still gathered still believing, still looking for the promises of God. So right here in this place, what do we do with this gospel witness? What is the good news for us? Jesus said to Martha, did I not tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God? This Lenten journey, I pray for strength as we traverse the labyrinth, searching our souls, examining our faith. And I pray we really mull it over, hold it in our hands and in our hearts, pick it up, turn it around, twist it inside and out, take a good, deep, long, hard look into what we believe. Are we to hold on to the promises of God? The promise that some good will come out of all things? The promise of God's immeasurable love for us? The promise of the way of truth of eternal life? Can we, even in our physical 
isolation, join with one another in spirit and in truth to continue to love and serve God's people, all people, all of creation with kindness and singleness of heart. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for having heard me, for always hearing us. Cover us, Lord, how only you can. And lead us, Lord, in both our belief and our unbelief, that by your power and with the help coming directly from you, we can be lifted up and brought with you and all of your creation out of death into life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively.